Coming up on the WAC podcast, we had some championships decided this past weekend. We'll talk about WAC softball, WAC outdoor track and field championships. And it's a little bit the calm before the storm as the final WAC championship of the year takes place next week. Mesa, Arizona will break down baseball. That's all ahead on the WAC podcast. Down, down, down. Welcome to the WAC podcast. Today's episode is presented by Hercules Tires. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan. Championships are wrapping up for the 2022-23 school year. We have one more to go. Baseball in Mesa, Arizona. It's going to be hot. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a battle for the final trophy to be given out of the year. But before... We should just dive into our old championships that just old. occurred. There's, I know, old. Just... One week ago. Old. <laughs> so long ago. <laughs> and uh, How about we start with softball? You were at softball. Oh. GC, I'm mixing up the rundown. Rundown says you're first. But I know, first... But let's start with softball. All right, let's take it. Okay, you're at Grand Canyon. At Grand Canyon. Uh, you did a fine job. You were an analyst for a couple games. You were a sideline reporter. Very involved in the broadcast down there. I uh, recommend people go check it out at ESPN Plus. Absolutely. Uh, if they want to relive the excitement. Uh, so the top teams going in, we had Utah Tech was the number one seed. Grand Canyon was number two. Number three, Stephen F. Austin. Number four was Seattle U. Those four teams wind up advancing to the final four. I know. How funny does that work? You know, it's you don't always see it like that. You know, we had double elimination. We had that single elimination sort of play-in game. Very exciting. Very exciting. Um, and, and it was really good. And so, you know, ultimately Grand Canyon had put themselves in a really good spot coming in with that two seed. They earned the bye for that first day and then immediately won that first matchup. And so that pushed them all the way to the championship. So they just played three games in three days. And, uh, you know, the other teams had to battle, battle it out. Utah Tech came in that top seed and just really didn't have a, a good showing. Um, you know, they won one game. They first lost their first one, fell that lower part of our bracket. And, you know, they just it just the bats never really got hot for them. I think, um, you know, it's also their first time in the tournament. If they won, they didn't necessarily get to advance. So, right. you know, just didn't seem like they had that same energy, that same, you know, that they were kind of playing with a lot of the season, but then you have a team like Seattle U who loses one of their games. They drop to the lower one and they battle it back. You know, they had to play a double header one of the days and then they're facing a, a team in grand Canyon. That is just so fresh, you know, one, one game a day and they're getting out of the sun early. They're going, you know, hydrating, getting to bed, getting the AC and uh, you know, CLU just ultimately, you know, I think they might've ran out of steam. They put on quite a performance, and, but and that's a team, the Red Hawks, uh, the last couple of years, they, they've won a couple of whack tournament championships and Jeffy Rye seems to get his team, you know, hyped up to play in that tournament. And they've, they've been a very good tournament team. I'd say the last three, four years, uh, especially, but uh, they also did the duck thing. Oh yeah. It was working for them. Yeah. They, you know, Explain last, what that was. last year it was like a pickle jar that they had. And I asked <laughs> coach he about it. He's like, I don't even know where it came from. I, the, the team just does it this year. They come in on Monday, they go see guardians of the galaxy, new Marvel movie. 
And there was some sort of promotion, from what I understand. They were giving out these rubber duckies. So okay. the rubber duckies became the theme. So first game that they win, Seattle U, all the players, while coach is on the headset doing that signature rings post-game interview, he's getting ducks. I think it started with just one single duck, and they put it on right. his head. And then the next game, they lined them all up. And then they started throwing them at him, just and, chucking And he them. was not phased. Not phased. Didn't even distract him from the interview. The man is a pro. And then they started putting them on you. Yes. Then semifinals Again, and championship. Unfazed. I got to be, right? You got to be locked in in the zone. A... I did, and it did not fall off. I mean, that's balance. Posture right there. Great posture. Didn't didn't phase me. And uh, actually, I was told one of the ducks when it fell off must have went underneath kind of the uh, where the the wall is and yeah. stayed there overnight and oh was gosh. recovered by the grounds crew and given back to the dugout. <laughs> so then they would line up the ducks in the dugout and in hopes that, you know, they could stack them on. Oh, Coach it was working for them. Now, uh, the play in game, if you will. So you mentioned GCU. One out, they're in the championship. Uh, Seattle U SFA wind up playing pretty much one of those instant classic kind of a games on, uh, I believe it was Friday night for the right to get into the championship as I was kind of monitoring a little bit from track and field. That game went back and forth. That was maybe the game of the tournament. Grand Canyon, Stephen F. Austin. Oh, I thought it was, uh, did Seattle U play Stephen F. to get into the tournament? Let's the, see. Into the championship. They had will. to play. Stephen F. had to play Seattle U. Yes. yes and that was, yeah, that went into extra innings. Yes, I mean, that's the game I'm speaking of. Yes. yes. Initially, it was like Stephen F. Austin came out and put four runs on the board, like right away, yes. down for nothing. Well, guess what? Seattle U says, I can do that, too. They put five runs on the next day. I mean, it was, I mean, not the next day, the next inning. It was it was definitely a battle. I think, you know, either team that would have made it into the championship, you know, Grand Canyon had just so much power. Their bats were hot. Their whole lineup just has a very impressive batting average. And and they end up, uh, you know, finishing it out in four and a half innings against Seattle U to take the title. And, you know, when the bats get hot early, you're playing in your home stadium and your home crowd and. You got rest. You got energy. I mean, they were on fire, fire. Winning ten to two in the championship, so they advanced to the NCAA tournament, second year in a row. They will be playing UCLA on Friday. That is at seven p.m. Central Time. Uh, not a not a fantastic draw, if you will. UCLA, I believe, ranked number two in the country. Yeah, certainly will be. And I believe they were out in that UCLA kind of bracket last year. Um, So I think they were hoping for a different uh, location, but, you know, good chance they're hitting well. And when when they, uh, you know, we've seen some pretty good defense from them. Kayla Rogers, our most outstanding player. Had the fantastic catch. Let's break it down, right? She's out in the outfield. Seattle, you about to hit a three-run home run. This is early in the game, so this is Seattle. Third inning, taking the lead, I believe, if they would have hit that home run. Yes, it would have been. It would have. Yes, it would have changed the game. Kayla Rogers runs back in the outfield and just snags it over the wall, robs the home run. Okay, that's top of the third, bottom of the third. Boom, up to plate, hits a two-run bomb. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, who does that in who one does inning? That? Kayla Rogers does. Kayla that, Rogers. In case you were wondering. And that's why, I mean, she had, she was so good. She had so many hits. I, I want to say she was three for three the night before to, uh, you know, push them into the championship. And, and, and so, sometimes it's those, those, those kind of performances, correct? I mean, obviously, Kristen Fifield has had the great career there, set the home run record this year for GCU. Uh, but uh, you, you need other people to step up, and that's where Kayla Rogers came in. She did. I mean, Kristen Fivefield also, she had a home run, I believe, in the championship. Couple, There were a couple home runs, right. a lot of home runs. Um, that was something that coaches had talked about going in with, you know, the altitude of the change of the dry that, you know, might be easier to, hey, let, let kids go, swing the bat and see what happens. And we saw it. We saw a lot of home runs, few extra inning games. So it definitely was a battle through our our uh, early part of our tournament. And well, before we talk about outdoor track and field, why don't we listen to some interviews with our winning head coach, Shannon Hayes from Grand Canyon and, and our MOP, Kayla Rogers. Let's go down and uh, get a word from Shannon Hayes. Take it away, Kendra. Coach, second year as head coach of this program, second back-to-back trip to the NCAA postseason tournament. How does your team continue to get it done in the second straight year? Well, we've got good players and high-character kids. First of all, hats off to Seattle. What a great team. Jeff's done a great job with them. Great competitors, uh, but really proud of our girls to come out and beat a good team today and do it emphatically fun. Kayla Rogers, top of the third, robs what would have been a three-run home run, then turns it around bottom of the third and hits a two-run bomb. What can you say about the way that she turned it on for today? Well, five-run inning, of course, for her. I wanted to yell at her the last inning she popped up. I'm like, (laughs) we expect more from Kayla today. No, she's had a great tournament, three for three yesterday. Uh, Great play that probably saved the game yesterday. You know, she's she's swinging it well at the right time and great defensive player and a good leader. Before the game today, you wanted Fifield, Dunkel, and Lopez to get hot. They certainly performed today. What can you say overall about the strength of this batting order to close this one out to five inning games in this tournament? Well, they listened to what my assistants had for them as far as scouting reports. We made some adjustments from yesterday. Um, Madrigal, of course, she's thrown a lot of innings, and we kind of took advantage of that. What a great competitor she is. But, uh, you know, great adjustments. Got some good pitches to hit. Caitlin Branstrom added another one today. It was an all-around great day. Got a lot of great listeners on this squad. Congratulations. Go enjoy this Perfect. win with your team. Thank you very much. Kendra Sheehan with the most outstanding player of the tournament, Kayla Rogers. Kayla Rogers, MOP. It's your first year with the program, and man, was the bat hot for you during this tournament. You have that two-run home run, part of that five-run inning. What does this award mean to you today? Um, This award just uh, goes back to my team. They push me every day in practice. Um, They really have allowed me to be the best me I can be. So this award really just goes to the team. You got it done at the plate, but then we have to talk about what you did in the top of the third inning, that defensive play, robbing that three-run home run. What did you see on that as you were running back to snag that one? I was trusting my center fielder, Hannah. She told me I had room, and I saw the fence, and I was going for it. I saw that ball on the fence, and I knew I had it. You come here from Yavapai College, where you were leading the country in RBIs, and 
What does it mean to come into this program and go back to back? What does this squad mean to you? It's awesome. You know, I came from a great program up at Yavapai and coming into a great program down here at Grand Canyon. It's been awesome. Two winning programs and I love it. Congratulations, Kayla. Go celebrate with your team and have fun in the NCAA postseason tournament. Uh, so meanwhile, I'm in uh, Nacogdoches, Texas for the Outdoor Track and Field Championships, which also took place last week. Uh, started off a little uh, little scary, uh, to be honest, as we had a big thunderstorm kind of the night before morning of uh, the first day of the championships, some localized flooding in the uh, Nacogdoches County, and that impacted the throwing area. So shout out, by the way, to the SFA crew, because when I was down there Thursday morning, I thought there's no way you're going to get any throwing events, any of those kind of things. And not only did they get them in, they were getting them in by 5.30 that evening. The javelin was supposed to start at 5, started at 5.30. That was the only delay. 30 minutes? I mean. For being flooded? I mean, those pictures, some of the stuff yes, we saw uh, was insane. Unbelievable. So uh, got that uh, participated. Uh, GCU, not only did they win softball, they also won men's track and field third year in a row. So the three-peat for Tom Flood. Wow. Uh, did do an interview this year. Uh, we, we couldn't get him last year on the broadcast, but Cal Charbonneau, former uh, GC runner, excellent analyst for us, was able to get Tom Flood and just uh, uh, an all-around team effort for GCU. Uh, they did not have uh, the outstanding track performer, field performer. Uh, they did get the, I, I take that back, they did have the outstanding field performer, Oscar Rodriguez, the thrower for the Lopes, had a very good meet and is from the Texas area, from the, uh, not necessarily Nacogdoches, but is from Texas, so kind of a homecoming for him, and he was able to perform in front of the home fans. Uh, they did win some sprints. They won the 4 by 100 on the final day. Aaron Brown takes the 400 crown. Also, the 100 uh, was also won by GCU, so just uh, Kyle DeMoyka ah. is the uh, winner in the 100-meter dash. 10.37 was his time. That is flying. And so congratulations to GCU winning that men's championship. Uh, Hob Tamu Cheney, outstanding track performer and the high point winner uh, from Utah Valley. He um, he did the gritty across the uh, finish line. Oh, my. What? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, in one of the events. So uh, very good. On the women's side, New Mexico State wound up winning the WAC championship. First time ever for New Mexico State. And they had the the great performance, Jonna Downey, uh, which was one of our nominees for WAC Top Play. She she kind of comes on at the end of the race uh, to overtake the the runner from Sam Houston to win the 200. Uh, Jonna also won the 400-meter dash, first ever championship outdoors for New Mexico State and Coach Joseph Rath. Uh, so congratulations to them to do that in their final meet in the Western Athletic Conference. Also wanted to mention Joel Bankston, UT Arlington, breaking the WAC record in the 110 hurdles, the championship record, had stood since 1994. So this was a, it was a guy from Fresno who had the previous record. Jamal January finishing second, also at a record time. So that tells you how fast they were going. Uh, we also had Everlyn Kimboy from Utah Valley breaking the record, her own record, in the 5K on the final night of competition. And then we had Greta Karanuskite from California Baptist break her own record in the steeple by more than 30 seconds and had the number one time in the NCAA this year 
in that steeplechase. Wow. When you look at it, and you know, a lot of these names are are pretty familiar to me. They're standing out from our indoor track and field where I was at because John Downey again, had won some of those events. Kyle DeMoyka won those as well. Got to talk to Tom Flood there for his team, men's team that won. And so just pretty cool to to see, you know, some of these whack athletes. I mean, it's so impressive. You're breaking your own record, especially like Everlyn Kemboy, Karen Newskite, who are breaking it by 30 seconds 30 or whatever. Seconds. I mean, what? how are you getting so much faster again and again and again and again and again? It's year to just year. Also, Nissi so... Cabongo, another name you're probably familiar oh, yes. with. Oh, yes. Stephen F. Austin, she was our high point winner, uh, winning the high jump, also winning, I believe she won the 400 hurdles. Uh, yes, she won the 400 hurdles on the final night of competition. So, And again, were they less than 30 minutes? I thought I saw yeah, a two tweet from her. That, and that aren't very did, similar. But they were 30 minutes apart from each other or yeah. something. And, and, so, and the throwing area uh, was a little bit away from where the running area is. So, uh, Nothing like uh, a cool down and getting ready for your next event. And, and she'll be at Nationals. Also, uh, Stephen F. Austin, Angel uh, Richmore, getting the Outstanding Field Performer Award. So... A uh, very good meet by the Lady Jacks as they finished second uh, behind New Mexico State. Grand Canyon was third on the women's side. Ah, and that flip-flopped because I do believe Stephen F. Austin won on the women's side because of their indoor, indoor yes, on their outstanding. They had just so much of uh, high points from their field events, which makes sense with our outstanding field member coming from Stephen F. Austin. And then New Mexico State getting their revenge in outdoor. But, of course, they're all a little bit different with, you know, the events and stuff. So you can't base it on that. But This is true. And then, uh, as we mentioned, um, well, actually, let's take a listen real quick. Oh, let's do it. How about we take a listen real quick to our own Kyle Charbonneau. He talked to several folks in the uh, after the, the championships, and here's what they had to say. I'm Kyle Charbonneau. I'm joined by Hiptamu Cheney right now. He's the WAC Track and Field Athlete of the Year and the high point scorer here at the championships. How do you feel? I mean, it, it feels pretty good. It's I expected coming, coming to the championships when I saw the entries where I didn't really see a lot of CBU jerseys in it. And I expected that going into the championships. I wanted to repeat what I did indoors. So, I mean, not really surprised, but... I'm looking forward to bigger things in a couple of weeks where I get to rematch with the CBU boys at regionals. Yeah, you won it indoors and you win it again in outdoors, the track athlete of the year. What uh, what kind of goes into this? And I guess you talked about it going into regionals. How are you looking going forward as well? I mean, last year was just like a learning curve. Like I'm always learning how to race championship races. Um, and then this summer, I just pretty much upped my mileage, went up to like 9,000 feet, started training pretty much like 90 plus miles a week and just... All the hard work in the summer of just putting myself through a lot of pain is finally paying off. So it's good to see like hard work is finally like showing. It's it may have taken me five years in college to figure it out, but I'm finally figuring that out. And your 2023 men's outdoor track and field champions with 162 and a half points, Grand Canyon. I'm Kyle Charbonneau. I'm joined by Coach Flood, the men's track and field coach of the year. You have won yet another on the men's side. What goes into the training and development of these programs that you have built here? Well, we don't reinvent the wheel every year. Kyle, you know that. It's really nice to have Kyle be interviewed by an ex-athlete. <laughs> so um, they just buy in right away the program. We don't reinvent the wheel. We do what we do, um, train really hard, and we train hard for the championship meets like this. And, uh, again, what another total team effort. 
Yeah, congratulations. It's, it's awesome to see you back out here once again. How, do you, how does this look for your team going forward into next year? Maybe some of these athletes going to regionals and NCAAs. Yeah, we're taking a big group to, to regionals. I think we have both relays in too. So um, we lose a lot of seniors, especially on the guy side from this team. But we've got some really, really talented freshmen. Um, we've got two throwers sitting at home that we redshirted this year on the guy side. I, guys are going to be really tough next year too. I've got to kind of re reload. Um, in some other areas, but looking forward to it. And then we left uh, oh, all our throw girls at home this year and another 800 girl that probably would have finished second. Um, but I think our girls will, uh, will be strong next year too. So it doesn't get any easier. All these teams are really tough to beat. Um, again, it's a total team effort. Throwers, I think, scored 42 points on their end. Um, sprint group, good Lord, I think there's probably 50 plus um, between 100, 200, 400, 800. Uh, I think with 16 points and uh, relays did really well. We were, we were down to our C team on the 4x4. We tried to put an exclamation point, but um, Southern Utah is a really tough team anyway. And uh, um, anyways, it's long, crazy weekend with the weather. Uh, another flood, Texas flood, I guess, uh, here. But uh, just thrilled on and blessed to, to, to walk home with our championship. Hi, I'm Kyle Charbonneau. I'm joined by Coach Rath, Coach of the Year on the women's side. You were expected to win coming in, and you do win now. What went into that, the buildup, everything that you did in training, everything that did now you are championship on the women's side? I mean, a lot of things. I mean, it felt like you had like three questions there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got to I mean, give you a lot. It's just a lot a lot of things. I think just kind of, it just comes to mind, you know, obviously our athletic director, Mario Mocha, past coaches, Coach Reynolds, Coach Richburg, huge mentors, my staff, Coach Davis and Coach Korn did amazing. And I just have a lot of people to thank, obviously the crew, our, our team, especially on stuff. I just think just the word was just believe coming off of indoors to come into this. Uh, you know, we we're excited to try and get another shot at this. Um, and they just believed all the way through. Every single event did great, and we're really excited about that. Yeah, you've been the favorite before, but haven't kind of come away with it. Uh, you still are new to coaching for New Mexico State, fairly new in, the, in your first few years. Um, and now you are a champion. Congratulations to you. I would like to talk about a few of your athletes. Jonna Downey, one of them in particular. She's yeah. the Women's Athlete of the Year. Yeah. What goes into training athletes like her that can score a lot of points in these events? Again, in mentality, she had to have a little bit more belief, I think, with her knee getting better. Uh, but at the end of the day, she just competes. And so we kept her healthy on stuff, got her to the line on it. She was going to do great for us. Um, I think just kind of that just showed again, both in the four and the two, she just fought at the end because those girls really pushed her hard on it, and she just came away like she always does. So. And it will be Downey taking away gold. I'm joined by Jonna Downey, the WAC track and field female athlete of the year. Congratulations to you. You won the 400 and the 200. What work goes into that in the buildup? A lot of um, hard tempo work we've done this semester. We've also practiced like um, getting my form down correctly, not fighting too much on the back end, which is what used to happen, but now we've been working through it and it's been getting very better. Um, and speed work as well, for sure. Yeah. yeah. You won in dominating fashion in indoors, and you won this award as well in indoors. And outdoors is a little bit closer, but you still pull away with it. How do you feel going forward? I feel excited for what I hold in the future and what my team and my coaches have in store for me, for sure. So, track's over for the conference anyway. We got uh, regionals coming up in a couple different locations. Uh, Sacramento, California, one of the regionals, the NCAA championships will be in Austin, Texas, uh, June 7th through the 10th. 
which is a real big day in the WAC office. And then also the softball, as we mentioned, UCLA, they're hosting uh, the site for Grand Canyon this week. But baseball next week, we're going to be in Mesa, Arizona, Ho-Ho Camp Stadium. Been there for more than a decade. A fabulous facility, Oakland A's spring training home. Sam Houston looking in real good shape uh, to not only be the one seed, but to capture the regular season title. Yes, look at them. They're at 21 and six right now. One one series left in the regular season. They're sitting at a pretty good spot. We talked a little bit to head coach Jay Sirianni a little bit before because we know two teams for sure that will be in the tournament. So got a chance to talk to him about, you know, the preparation for our broadcast crew going into the tournament. So should be excited to see where they end up if they, you know, big, big focus for them is capturing that regular season title and then worrying about the tournament. Right. And they, they will be playing Tarleton this week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And one of the big things he, he mentioned in that call was that, uh, you know, last year they were two and Q. They, uh, they, they were, had high expectations. They, they, they again, are, have a very good team. Uh, but just to kind of their approach, one, it's the old cliche, one game at a time. So they're focused on winning the regular season championship this year. They'll focus on the first game they play in the WAC tournament next week. So you don't want to look too far ahead, but uh, you, you want to be in the moment. Uh, one of the things uh, that you'll be mentioning on the broadcast, Tyler Davis, what a season he's had uh, converting basically from being a pitcher and uh, a very good pitcher to a very good hitter. Yeah, he's he's definitely a storyline, and we can't give it away, so you'll have to tune in to <laughs> ESPN Plus all week because you never know when that hit's coming because they have double elimination, <laughs> and maybe I'll save it till the very end. So if you want to know about Tyler Davis. So you don't want to save it too long just in case. I mean, you know? yes, very true, but and then yes. you And then you had a chance to talk with Coach Wallace from Grand Canyon uh, yesterday as well. They uh, won 10 in a row. Uh, they're red hot. Uh, red they will hot. be at home uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday against California Baptist. It's, you know, it's not really a home field advantage per se for Grand Canyon, but obviously they are the closest. They don't have to fly anywhere. Uh, they, you know, they, they can practice at their facility, head over to the game, those kind of things. Uh, what did that coach Wallace, what were some tidbits from that conversation? You know, the cool thing about Coach Wallace is it's his first year as head coach of the program, but he's been with the program for eight or nine seasons as assistant coach. And so he actually really talks to Andy Stankiewicz, who was the former head coach, who's now at USC um, in the Pac-12. So they they talk regularly. Um, You know, he had called him. We talked to him Wednesday, yesterday, as we record this on a Thursday. And he had called him that morning uh, to talk. And so he really leans on him. And he said he didn't really need to make a whole lot of changes to the program, kind of kept things as it is because he felt like he was a part of that, you know, program that had built so much success, you know. And uh, the cool thing is he did bring in Jack Wilson as a, as a coach. And Jack Wilson is, drumroll, Jacob Wilson's dad. Former major leaguer Jack Wilson. Yes. Yeah. And one of the things, if you look on the Lopes roster, a lot of a lot of uh, players that have major league uh, experience in their fathers that, yes. you know, um, Homer Bush Jr., there's another one. And so they have a lot of that experience, but it's cool bringing in, you know, Jack Wilson and their dynamic, another sideline hit. So won't give it all away, <laughs> you know, potentially. Now, I did see on the major league baseball website as uh, they rank uh, draft prospects uh, for this year's major league draft. I think uh, 
Jacob Wilson ranked number seven oh. uh, as as a draft prospect. So uh, much like we saw a few years ago with Nick Gonzalez from New Mexico State, seventh pick in the draft. Uh, another, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of scouts uh, in person there at uh, Poho Cam Stadium as many scouts, many major league scouts live in the Phoenix area and uh, get a get a firsthand look at uh, Jacob Wilson in person. And uh, what a fabulous shortstop he's been, just a great fielder, but also a tremendous hitter as well. Yeah, and he he was definitely, I think, on their radar last year as well, um, and he just continues to build off that success. But then, you know, looking at our thing, we got three teams that are pretty hot right now, Utah Valley on that six-game win streak. But I think it's really, I mean, the regular season ends yeah, that- this weekend, and we got to fight for those final spots, That those eight teams that will make it. If we remember from last year, now New Mexico State will not make it this year, but you know they they slipped into that tournament and ended up winning it. So don't count out these these teams. You never know who can get hot. That's right. If you get some good pitching and some good hitting, and that's what it what it takes. And uh, that that was one of the things Coach Sirianni said is uh, you have to score a lot of runs to win a tournament like this. You have to. You're not going to if you win every game two to one, or if that's it doesn't usually bode well, especially in these tournaments. When you get deep into the pitching, you're going to have to score a lot of runs. But uh, Utah Valley, you mentioned, has won six in a row. They beat Utah on Tuesday, so that uh, is a good sign for them. They are at UTA uh, heading into the tournament here. It looks like UTA, California Baptist, Seattle U, Abilene Christian, uh, all in good shape uh, to possibly uh, be in the tournament. We're, we haven't given out the little asterisks for the clinch because you never know when a series gets rained out. That's what true. the impacts will be on the on the rest of the standings, you know, depending on somebody plays one game, somebody plays three games, somebody plays no games. Uh, UTRGV and Stephen F. Austin playing a de facto play-in uh, game, play-in series as, as they were playing each other Stressful. in Akadoshas this week. Most likely the winner of that series will be in the WAC tournament. Still mathematically possible for Sacramento State to get in, although not looking real strong right now, which Bit of a surprise as as the Hornets have been uh, among the best teams in the WAC, as has New Mexico State, you know, for the past decade. Yeah, you know, I think it's one of the things we talked about a little bit earlier uh, in our podcast series here at the Western Athletic Conference. <laughs> the WAC <laughs> Conference. No. <laughs> the WAC Podcast. Um. Yeah, Sacramento State just, they lost so many pieces from last year, and they're just, you know, they haven't really connected all that much i think they started they struggled at the beginning and they found little pockets of glimpses of what they can be and they just struggled to put it all together i think they knew it was going to be a rebuilding year coming in you know baseball is a little different than other sports but yeah i mean they lost so many of their big key seniors from last year that you know put them in the whack tournament for the past you know several years so a lot to look forward to we're heading out on sunday first games will be tuesday at 1 p.m Mountain Standard Time, a.k.a. Pacific Time. Can't mess up those time zones. So uh, that'll be at 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock on Tuesday. We'll have the four games Wednesday, four games Thursday, I believe three games Friday, and then the championship on Saturday. Four, four, three, one. Possible two games on Saturday if we have the F game. And uh, hopefully the weather uh, looks like it uh, could cooperate as well as it usually does uh, this time of year in Arizona. Want to thank uh, our guests today. Well, we kind of really didn't have guests. We had interviews. recorded interviews. But I uh, uh, want to thank everybody for listening to the WAC Podcast. Down, down, down.
Thanks for listening to the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACSports.com.